Hello, hello. This is your host of The Gist, Chris Fatrano, back again to deliver everything happening in pop culture and entertainment news this last week. And uh, it's going to be a jam-packed episode because I've got to cover the Grammys, lots going on from last Sunday's event, plus The Real Housewives of New Jersey premiered its 13th season this week. And uh, wow, wow, wow. I am so excited to have these women back. Um, So all that's to come. But before we get to it, let's just do some quick, you know, give you the gist, if you will, on a couple of things uh, happening in pop culture, bubbling in pop culture. First, of course, this Sunday is the Super Bowl. So I know that um, some of y'all sports fans are gonna, this is your high holy holiday. But that is not my sports. My housewives, those are my sports. A reunion episode, that is my Super Bowl. So just so that we're grounded in that, but what I am looking forward to is, of course, Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show. We've been talking about it on the podcast. It's one of my most anticipated things of the year because I also am expecting that Riri is going to deliver something at the end of the performance, which is going to be an announcement of either one, a tour, which I have predicted several times now on this podcast, if you've been listening, and two, maybe even more music. There is rumors that because Apple uh, is sponsoring the halftime show, that they're actually setting it up that she might live drop a new album at the end of the performance. Um Okay, so now that I'm shaking physically because I can't wait, my anticipation is up for Rihanna. So very excited about that. Plus, um, you know, I do like some Super Bowl commercials. You know, back in the day, watching the Super Bowl was like an event because you saw all of the commercials for the first time. Of course, there's the epic Britney Pepsi commercials that... I still to this day watch on YouTube, especially on a late Saturday night. I might even know some of the dances. Um, but yeah, so there's, but there's these epic commercials. I think the, the downside is that now with the, you know, internet, the commercials always get leaked. And so there's not really a reason to like tune into the commercials during the Super Bowl, which for me just means that I only tune in for the halftime show. But there is one commercial coming this this year that I'm very excited about because it has the stars from Clueless, my favorite movie of all time. They're reuniting for a Super Bowl commercial, Alicia Silverstone and uh, Elisa Donovan, who is also one of the most underrated legends that uh, like she was in 90210, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, she is so good and clueless and plays, of course, Amber, an iconic character. Um, so they are re, I guess, revisiting or recreating their de- famous debate scene um, for a, co- a Super Bowl commercial. And so I am so excited about that. Um, So yeah, Super Bowl this weekend. I'm sure we'll have some thoughts next week on Rihanna. Hopefully we'll have lots to talk about. Maybe her tour, maybe her album. Maybe we'll be deep diving on the Rihanna album this time next week. Guys, can you imagine? So exciting about that. Um, Also happening in pop culture, another blast from the past. I Know What You Did Last Summer is rebooting their film franchise and uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt are signed on for the new sequel. So that uh, coming off of the Scream success of bringing those um, movies back, they 
are doing it again now with I Know What You Did Last Summer. And that first movie, I grew up loving these like slasher movies. I thought that Scream was definitely the best of all of those kind of slasher films from that that era. But I mean, there is no better cast that represents the 90s than Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr., Ryan Philippe, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. So unfortunately, two of those people are not coming back because if you saw the film, you would understand why. But uh, Freddie Prince and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt are making a return to the to the franchise, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Also, we we mentioned the uh, Britney Pepsi commercials, so I will say another big headline this week, or another thing people are talking about, is Britney posted a video on her Instagram of her singing "Oops, I Did It Again," um, her iconic hit live on her Instagram. And the video was just of like the ceiling or something while she was singing. Um, But yeah, she mentioned in the caption that she recorded it while she was, uh, or actually it was a caption of another thing that she posted later um, where she said, oops, I didn't mean to actually post that. That was a video that I had taken when I was uh, uh, in the studio. uh, And that has fans going wild because this seems to be that Britney has confirmed that she is in the studio, maybe working on new music. And so, of course, lots of thoughts coming out of that. Um, as I mentioned on a previous episode, I'm not ready to talk about Britney because she is my ultimate and she is my number one and she has been through it. So I still I still can't bring myself to record the Britney episode that that we need for the gist, but it will come. It will come. But people are very excited to that just the thought of Britney being back in the studio and potentially delivering more music. And of course, I'm one of those people. So had to mention it here. Um, but other than that, let's leave Britney alone. Let's let Britney kind of like figure out what she wants to be, who she wants to be in a post-conservator life. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. But um, also an update on the Real Housewives of Ultimate Girls Trip drama came out this week. So last week we talked about it a little bit. We knew that Brandy Glanville and Caroline Manzo had had exited Morocco early from filming uh, the season four of the Ultimate Girls Trip franchise. There were a lot of rumors and speculation that there was an altercation. Then it turned to potentially some kind of like sexual assault. Well, it has now been confirmed by Peacock, uh, the channel that we are going to, or the, I guess, streaming platform that is going to deliver it to us. Who knows when? Um, but when they do, they released a statement that uh, Brandy did, in fact, touch uh, Caroline's breast and vaginal area, um, which is what led to her departure and that Caroline uh, chose to leave on her own accord. Um, and then now an investigation is going. So it's it's uh, it's not looking good for Brandy. I don't think that she is going to be back on our Bravo screens anytime soon. I am a little interested because she she did so good on Traders and she showed up so well on that series. And they just announced that it's getting a season two, which I don't think made sense for them to bring Brandy back to that. Anyways, um, she's already done it and played the game, but they are filming a reunion on the twenty eighth. Of February. And so are they 
Are they allowing Brandy to film that? I think they have to. She was such a big part of the season. Um, but I don't know. I have a, I have a feeling that Peacock, if they're you know facing some sexual assault allegations, uh, because that is what it is. Despite um, Brandy's you know antics on some of the other series and some of her previous history with maybe taking things a little too far with some of the women. You know, if if no means no, and if Caroline did not welcome that, it is sexual assault. And so, you know, it's it's unfortunate to say the least uh, for her because I also think she was potentially going to be back in some capacity on the uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills new season, which also kicked off filming this week. We've already seen Dorit out and about with the camera crews, so looks like Dorit is back in some capacity rumors are flying that maybe she won't be back full time but who knows maybe she'll bring something new to the table that will give her that full-time status but i don't think that we're going to see a brandy glanville return and as i said last week i also don't know that caroline's going to return to new jersey um which was the rumor um in a future in a future season because she may have just about had it. I don't think we're going to hear much more about it other than let it play out on the show whenever whenever Peacock decides to deliver uh, season three and then again to season four. Um, so that's happening. Uh, quick kind of like run of the mill on what's happening on The Real Housewives over the last week. Um Salt Lake City, the finale wrapped, the or the reunion wrapped. So uh, last week, I was talking about how there was going to be part two of three. And then we ended with the part two. And it, I realized that part three was supposed to be the sit-down one-on-one between Andy and Jen Shaw, which never came to be, which is why they originally had said that there was going to be a three-part reunion. And then now it's only a two-part reunion, which... You guys, fine by me, because I think there wasn't enough to cover in the season. I felt like we were recycling some of the things we had already talked about in the first episode of the reunion. We started talking about them again in the second episode. So I think we were better off with uh, with just the two-parter. It did end with a nice moment between Meredith and Lisa blowing out birthday candles together. Potentially hope for a rekindled friendship between the two of them in the upcoming season, because we really need it right now. None of the cast outside of Lisa and um, Whitney are getting along. And I I just, I don't know where we're going to go. And we need, we need some, we need some peace among these women. I'm hearing that it's just in a matter of days that real housewives of Salt Lake city is picking cameras back up to record the new season. And so uh, I think, you know, Hopefully we are figuring out where we go from here with these women and where we go from here with this city because it's this wasn't this wasn't their best look. This is a bit of their, you know, sophomore slump is what you might want to call it. And I think now we need to really figure out how to rise from the ashes. Um also Real Housewives of Miami. I mean, it's like literally, guys, every week I feel like I just say that they're on fire because they're just doing everything right. The Friends of deliver so much content. The the actual housewives, like they are on point. The gringo dinner this week, um, shocking because it's just like these grown women and now their husbands are getting involved in all of this drama. And it's it's just, it's wild. It's wild to watch week over week. And I love it. But, you know, I'm also like, 
I think I mentioned last week, like sometimes it starts to feel a little toxic when there isn't like any fun. And so I'm hoping that we get to a place where these women can have a little bit of fun with each other. But from the looks of what's coming in the upcoming episodes, I don't have a lot of hope. But you know I'm going to be watching it because it still looks as entertaining as ever. So I'm here for it. Uh, Miami, another just killer episode. They are really firing on all cylinders. And then Real Housewives of Potomac delivered its finale. And they always, you know, have a great finale uh, in previous years. I think this one was no different. It uh, it was a it was a extended episode. And, you know, we had our normal sort of like hour long episode of the finale and the finale party where we got to see Candace's uh, long awaited new music video with Trina. Um, the ladies got to respond and react to that. We got to, we got some closure among the women. Uh, Karen left the party early after allegations flew again about her potential or alleged affairs, you know, so we didn't have a ton of resolve with Karen, but, but, you know, I thought it was a good episode. I thought that it ended the season with, you know, a nice period in most ways. But then of course, after the party, we got to see Juan and Robin's wedding play out, which I think was the plan was that, you know, they, I couldn't tell if, you know, Bravo cameras were actually there or if they were just using footage that potentially Robin provided from some kind of videographer. But um, we got to see some of the wedding play out. We saw Juan and Robin tie the knot after, I mean, what feels like 19 seasons of them talking about getting reengaged um, and go and dealing with a prenup, which she never got around to. So, you know, it was, it was nice. We're, we're getting to see them walk into the sunset. We're getting to see them sort of on their way uh, to this new married life for the second time and hopefully more successfully. And then we got just the final little editor's uh, note, which was to reveal that uh, Robin found out that one had had, alleged affair again right before the wedding and that Robin knew about it uh, previously um, and that she actually knew about it prior to filming. So that was, you know, a real, a real nice way to end the season and, and that love story. So uh, what was, what was even better though, is that following the episode, Andy Cohen had Robin scheduled to be on watch what happens live for um, just to to be his guest as to talk about the finale. And of course, like, because they knew that they were going to have the wedding footage, talk about the wedding. So it was, it was a pre-scheduled thing. But what Andy didn't know at the time is that all this news was going to break, that Robin knew that Juan had had an, some kind of relationship with this woman, her story that she ended up selling on Patreon. I talked about that last week. She ended up kind of like rehashing that story, I guess, for Andy. But but I will say Andy did not um, let off the gas. You know, sometimes I'm like, Andy's got to ask the hard questions and he doesn't deliver those. In this case, I felt like you could see that Andy, as the executive producer of this series, was annoyed with her. Um, you know, he asked the questions like, Oh, 
you're on a reality show and you knew that this was taking place. So why not tell the producers what was going on? Because at the end of the day, that is your job as a reality star is to tell us what's going on. And um, yeah, she didn't do that. And she, you know, she had an answer for everything. I thought that she, she didn't like back down from anything, but none of it really made any sense. She tried to kind of skate around it. She talked about the fact that both Giselle and Ashley knew about this um, alleged affair or the the rumors of the affair prior to uh, prior to filming as well. And you know, he asked why not bring that up, and she kind of was just like, "Oh, this isn't my storyline. Uh, you know, it wasn't impacting us at that very moment, so it wasn't anything for us to cover and tell." Andy's like, but you guys had no problem accusing Chris Bassett of, you know, looking at women the wrong way or texting women the wrong way. And when it comes down to that, you guys have no issues. But when it's something that's actually happened and you have information that a, that Juan did, in fact, at least pay for a hotel room for this woman, and that's the only thing that Robin can really, you know, not not kind of skate around just because we have the receipts literally about from that. Um, but yeah, she just kind of delivered, um, you know, a watered down response and I think it's all we're going to get from her. So the rumor is that the Potomac uh, reunion, which kicks off this next week, uh, is a three part reunion, two parts with all the ladies. And then a third part, which is going to be a sit down, uh, with Andy and Robin. And, um, I don't understand why, because we got that on Watch What Happens Live this week, and I don't need to see her sort of skate around the same things all over again. So I, I don't know that we need that in a third part of the reunion. But um, but yeah, so that that's the kind of Real Housewives of Potomac uh, notes from this week. But now, guys, let's get in, right into it. Sunday night was the Grammys, music's biggest night. And, you know, in the past few years, I haven't really tuned into the Grammys as much because the all of the sort of appeal of it and the excitement of it is is really lost on me after my time working in the music industry and seeing kind of the behind the scenes and understanding kind of now what uh, what goes into it and the political game that the Grammys and these award shows really are. But I was interested. I felt like there was enough sort of that I wanted to kind of dive into this year and I wanted to see kind of take place some, a couple of good performances. Um, I was, I was very interested in what was going to happen with the Sam Smith, uh, Kim Petras, uh, performance. And then obviously getting to see our first transgender Grammy winner, accept her award, um, was, was really wonderful. And so I'm glad that I tuned in for that reason. But obviously, we've got a lot of winners. Um, Lizzo uh, walking away with record of the year for about damn time. I I don't know if it was like the record of the year for me. I definitely thought Adele was going to be the winner of that. Um, but you know, I, I, I like Lizzo. I think that she's talented. And I think that she's done a lot in the last few years. And so she deserves to be celebrated. And so I'm, I'm good with it. Album of the year, uh, Harry Styles. He was a big winner uh, on Sunday night, um, but winning album of the year was obviously a huge uh, milestone for him. I think that uh, personally, I think that that probably made sense. I know that there was a lot of upset folks that Beyonce didn't take home that award for Renaissance. Um, in fact, uh, there's clips online of 
Harry walking up to accept the award. Um, and while he was giving his speech, people in the audience were screaming that Beyonce should have won and telling him to get off the stage. And, you know, that's, that's disrespectful and not, not here for that. Um, but Harry's house did win as uh, album of the year. Um, and I think the big surprise was that Bonnie Raitt took song of the year. Again, uh, I thought I thought a Harry Styles, a Taylor Swift, um, even Lizzo there, Adele, of course, Easy on Me. Um, I thought those were kind of some of the shoe ins. Uh, but her uh, Bonnie Raitt with just like that was the winner of Song of the Year, and I don't think that there was anybody more surprised about winning that award than Bonnie Raitt herself. I mean, she was genuinely could not believe that her name was being called up to the stage to accept that award, and and that's and that's really wonderful. Um, and then, uh, you know, like I said, Sam Smith and Kim Petras won for Unholy for uh, for pop duo and group performance, um, and then performed it with a you know very controversial um, uh, satanic style performance of the song. Um, that was introduced by Madonna. And, you know, that is where people are now really talking about Madonna's appearance at the Grammys and everyone's going off about like how she looked and what her face looked like. And people are posting like side by sides. And, you know, why do we, why do we have to break people down in that way? Like, I mean, yes, Madonna doesn't look normal. She doesn't look like she normally looked she looks like she's had a lot of plastic surgery and a lot of work done. But, you know, if Madonna feels good about that, then let Madonna be Madonna. Um, I I think that, like, we sometimes take that too far. Um, and I don't like some of the things that I've seen online uh, being so nasty to her. So that's, that's not great um, because Madonna is a legend. She's going out on a, you know, tour to celebrate her four decades of hits. And I mean... Not a lot of people in the world can say that. So let Madonna look like whatever she wants to look like, honestly. But, you know, what I what I thought was more interesting and people aren't talking about is she was so bossy during her, like, introduction of uh, this unholy performance. She was, like, you know, basically, like, telling the crowd that they were falling asleep. And then at one point, you know, she was, like, saying, this is where you make noise. And... uh and I just started thinking like, oh, is this what the tour is going to be like? Like if people aren't going nuts enough or if people aren't dancing enough, like is she going to like stop the stop the show and, you know, bring the lights on and, and chastise everyone? That's that to me was more of the headline about Madonna than than what her face looked like. And um, uh, but, you know, there was uh, um I think, I don't know, I think a lot of the winners were a bit predictable. I did want to see how, you know, the Beyonce stuff played out, if she was going to break the record, um, which she did. So congrats to Bay fans. Uh, Beyonce is now the most decorated Grammy award winning artist of all time. The best part about uh, when she tied for her first win of the night, she wasn't present because I guess stuck in traffic because I guess, you know, when you're Beyonce, you don't plan ahead that you're going to be at the Grammys and that you're in LA and maybe there's traffic. So um, yeah, who knows? Um, but, uh, but she eventually made it to the show and uh, in order to break the uh, record and, um, and also deliver some like real great memeable moments from the audience. What I loved about the Grammys, I think 
the my favorite part of just tuning in was the audience shots or every time that Trevor Noah was the host was uh, in the audience to announce the next presenter or performer and no one in the audience was paying attention. And they none of them knew that they were on camera. But at one point, uh, Ben and Jen are seemingly having an argument, just sitting right next to Trevor Noah, announcing. And then Jen realizes, like, oh, we're we're on camera, so I should probably uh, button up. Um, but it was it was like wild. And then there was like one point, it was I like I, I made a note of it because I loved it so much. Uh, there was like a security guard, a guard, or I guess maybe one of the producers of the show that were that was just going around yelling at people to sit down because they were, you know, not supposed to be standing during the shot. But he himself was the one that was actually in the shot yelling at everyone. Um, so that was wild. That was like every time that they cut to the audience, it was just pure chaos, and I I loved that. Um, other notables, uh, people are upset. Aaron Carter was not included in the in memoriam. Uh, he, you know, obviously passed away, uh, last year and was part of the music community, though. I don't know that he was ever really part of the Grammy community. I don't know that to be a fact. So potentially that was why, but, uh, he, people are a bit outraged about that. Um, and then, uh, hip hop's 50th anniversary tribute. That was really incredible. It was awesome to see all of those performers on the stage together and just reliving some of those like amazing, iconic hip hop uh, moments from the past. I, I really loved it. I was pr- like more than mildly disappointed about Missy Elliott wearing a face mask during her section. Like, I vaguely remember seeing Missy Elliott on another, I don't remember if it was an award show or what it was, but she did not, she was clearly lip syncing her raps and was not able to keep up. And that is all I could think was she knew that she cannot keep up with her own music anymore. And so this time she just wore this like crazy face condom that covered her, you know, everything but her eyes and it's like, girl, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe just don't perform anymore. Um, she's obviously a huge staple in the hip hop community and has such a story to tell in terms of her impact to that uh, genre. But yeah, that was, that was disappointing because it just, it felt like very artificial and that she wasn't actually having to do anything, but just sort of like move around. Um so that is kind of, I think, I think that's all the things about the Grammys that I have to say. I, I thought it was a good show. Um, oh, red carpet looks. Uh, Taylor Swift looked impeccable. I loved her little crop top dress. She also, um, for those of you Taylor Swift Easter egg hunters, um, the dress was uh, inspired and by a similar dress that she wore on the Speak Now. Uh, and era. And um, so people are speculating that Speak Now is coming. There was also a a strange uh, interaction between her and Trevor Noah at one point where Trevor Noah talked about having her fans uh, go after the chickens uh, in order to reduce the price of eggs. Uh, It didn't seem like it made any sense really at the time. Uh, But again, as part of the Speak Now era, There is a music video where Taylor is uh, with chickens. And so 
fans are going wild that she's she's releasing even in even on the Grammy red carpet and in the Grammy programming she's still releasing Easter eggs to us to reveal kind of what's coming next. Um, but she looked great. Shania Twain looked like a freaking clown, and I don't care what people say. People were like, "Oh, it's like Bob Mackie fun and kitschy." Uh, no, the wig it alone was horrendous the red wig if you have not seen this look do yourselves a favor and just google it because it is so wild and i love shania twain but and she's you know she's coming out with this new era and her new album just dropped and you know she's got pink hair and then she's got blonde hair and she's like doing she's like living her best life in wigs but the red one no it was like a really bad halloween costume aerial little mermaid red wig it was horrible and then the cow print suit with this like wild hat oh god it was i couldn't believe that she even thought that that's what she should wear to the grammys it was a total disaster um so definitely worst dressed for me was her um i thought camila cabello looked incredible um I loved what Harry Styles. Now, see, that was like an, a wild look that he, his red carpet look, what he wore for sitting in the audience was kind of more toned down. It was just kind of a suit, um, like a crop jacket suit um, that I thought looked great. His Bob Mackie actually inspired um, outfit that he wore for his performance was also like kind of cool disco ball. Um, I didn't love it, but I, I didn't hate it. But what I loved was his red carpet look. Um, it was this like rainbow, uh, kind of jumper and hit, I mean, he looked great. So, um, so that's kind of the red carpet looks that, that stuck out to me. Um, but yeah, so that's the Grammys. Uh, they have come and gone and now here we are with another year of music in front of us. So we'll see what happens of the next year, cover it here and then come back to talk about the Grammys next year. So, Let's move on to the Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere because it premiered its 13th season this week. And, you know, coming off of last season, there was a lot of toxicity in this cast. So Teresa did not have, of course, I'm talking about our matriarch of the franchise, Teresa Judice. She did not have her best season. She did not look great. People were really coming for her and her relationship to Louie. She had her epic meltdown in Nashville, um, where, by the way, the bar that they were at was just atrocious. And the, all the things that they were doing in Nashville were like, yeah, this this isn't where you go in Nashville. If you want to come to Nashville, you reach out to me or you go to my site, listenitsfatrono.com, because we, I will tell you where to go in Nashville if you're coming to visit. None of those places that the housewives went um, are on that list. But um, yeah, she had her epic meltdown where she threw the entire table of food um, basically on Marge and the rest of the rest of the cast. Um, but it it really ended in a negative way, especially between her and uh, her brother Joe and his uh, wife Melissa. It, the reunion ended in a really negative space for them. They were seemingly done. They weren't going to have this relationship anymore. Um, but they're brother and sister. And so you hate to see that happen on these shows. Um, but so it, it was a little like we weren't sure where we were going. We were walking into this new season. 
unsure of kind of where where we were going to land with we knew that there were some new women in the cast we knew that there was like this tension between the two of them um but all i can say is that this is going to be teresa's redemption season she showed up she looks amazing first of all um she like feels i could like feel her energy radiating through the screen she was so positive she just seems so happy uh the scene where she's interacting for her 50th birthday with louis family you know she just she truly has her family back and um you can just kind of a, a new family i guess um and you can just tell that she's in such a good space she's seeing a therapist and she had that sit down with marge after they had such an explosive end last season they were in a place that i never thought that they could rebound and she apologized and she was just like honest and open and vulnerable um and as she called it she was raw as a cucumber um which i'm just i mean maybe that's what we should title this episode raw as a cucumber i love that um, but yeah, she, I'm, I was feeling the feels for Teresa. Also, I thought she looked amazing in her eighties look for the, for Melissa's skating party. Um, I thought she was best dressed there for sure. Um, and then also her daughters, it's so crazy. They're all so grown up and I felt like emotional because I was like, oh wow, I've seen some of these girls like literally be born on this show. And now they're like full fledged women, um they're all really beautiful of course and you know it's just it's really nice to see Teresa in this spot so that was like a that was really great um and she looked and she came off really well in this episode and i have a feeling that this is going to be her season where you know we're getting to see the old Teresa that people really fell in love with which is why she's such a staple in this franchise and i think last season she was like nearing sort of this toxic space that has in the past led to housewives being put on pause or or being taken off the show and so i think she's kind of in a place now where she can like truly just be herself and and be happy um she also dolores um continues to reign i her confessional look she looks incredible dolores has had such a glow up on this show um, and I love Dolores. Like I want her in my family. I like want to, I want Dolores to be my aunt, uh, or my cousin or my sister or anything really, because she is amazing and she's so loyal to her family. And I just, I love everything about her, but man, is she scary when you cross her? I would, I would, I was shaking for Jen when, when she came and pulled her out of that party and she said, you know, let's go talk. And I think Jen was hoping that that was going to be a reconciliation talk. And nope, nope, it wasn't. Um, yeah, Dolores is scary, but also in kind of the best way. And so happy to see her back and happy with her new man. Um, also, the thing that I thought the Jersey uh, premiere did really well that I think other franchises need to take notes is they introduced us to these new women right away and with like clear packages as to like who these women were helped define their personalities and then like also kind of explained why they were in these scenes. Cause I, I feel like, especially like on Salt Lake city this year, it was like the friends of, it was like, 
they just sort of were popping up and then they were like part of drama and you weren't sure, are you a friend? Are you like a random person at a party? And they never really like explained who's who and why they're there. And they didn't do that in a really great way. And even for the friend of, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on her name. I, I want to say her name was Jennifer, but um, she uh, was Marge's friend and she arrived and they like immediately explained why she was there. And she started interacting with the cast. And obviously we saw Tiki Barber and his wife that no one can remember um, back from last season. I have a feeling that's probably our only cameo from them this season. And then Jackie, who was full-time status last week or last season um, was back. She is in a friend of role this season. Um, and, you know, even she was there, although uh, her interaction with Rachel, the new housewife, when Rachel's like talking to Melissa and trying to like deep dive on what just happened between um, Jennifer and Dolores and Jackie comes for her and is like, you haven't looked at me once in this conversation. And like, I'm here filming too. And it's, it's clear that Jackie was like feeling her demotion in that moment. And like, okay, this woman is not giving me the time of day because I'm a friend of, and I think Jack, I think that Jackie realized like, I'd better say something so that I have a reason to be on the show. And then, so I guess we'll talk about Rachel. She, I'm not sure about Rachel. She's coming on as a friend of Melissa. So she's part of the team Joe and team Melissa stuff. Um, and so I don't know where she's going to go because Joe and Melissa of it all, uh, they don't have a clue like what they're doing this season. They think they're walking into this season saying, okay, people didn't like Teresa last year. So we are going to like lean on that and really go for her to try to, I think pro probably try to get her off the show. Um, and that is backfiring big time because now it's clear they have no other storyline and they have no other purpose to be on this cast other than Teresa. And if Teresa is truly done with them, there is no reason for them to be on this cast. So I don't know if they're playing that the right way. Um, but anyways, uh, Rachel is her friend. And then we also saw that she mentioned her husband, John, um, and said that he was a model. And uh, then they showed these like horrific photos of him, which were clearly not model shots. Or if they were, they were taken by his mother um, while he was in high school. And then the producers asked her, you uh, has he done anything like professional in terms of modeling? And I think the credit was law and order. Uh, I didn't realize that models got, were on law and order. Like, wouldn't that make you an actor? I like, so he was an extra on law and order. And I guess that's his big modeling gig. So no idea what's happening there. Very strange. Um, and then the other newbie, Danielle, loving her. I like feel like I'm already in love with her and her family. Her children are hilarious. Her husband is like definitely got the looks to, you know, replace Evan as the hottest house husband in Jersey. Um, and, you know, she just, she is Jersey-licious in every single way. She's bringing it. She is so entertaining already. I, I love the energy that she's bringing to the show. And I think it's what the show needed. Because, again, I said, uh, you know, we 
we were coming off of a really toxic sort of end to last season. And I think one of the things that the the cast was missing was some fun. And so, you know, Jennifer Aiden is of course really fun. And it's, so it's great to see her back and, and having some fun with Teresa, but adding in Danielle to this mix is going to be exactly what the, what the franchise needs. So I'm super excited about that. So yeah, this premiere episode was exactly what Jersey needed. We needed some new life, new energy, and it felt like old Jersey again. It felt like we were like getting stuck, like getting back to just like having fun with these women and the right levels of drama, the right levels of cattiness that just doesn't feel like it's so toxic. Now, I know obviously we're going to watch the Joe and Teresa sort of dissolution of their their uh, family uh, sort of happen on the show and on the season um, as we know Joe and Melissa don't show up to Teresa's wedding and we know that they just sort of are, are going to end in a, in a pretty bad place. Um, so that that won't feel great to see, but I think, you know, ultimately the rest of the cast is really like leaning in and doing the work that they need to do um, to make this a really entertaining season. So I am so excited that it's back. So that's Jersey uh, this week. Very excited about the new season. And um, yeah, all of all of the entertainment news that we covered this week. Again, the Super Bowl is this weekend. So, you know, good luck to Rihanna, who is the team that I'm voting for um, out of the Super Bowl. Um, and of course, we'll be discussing that next week right here on The Gist. Um, before we go, I of course have to say, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Um, so you never miss an episode of the gist. Um, and then, uh, you can follow me at CM Vetrano on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, you know, slide into my DMS, let me know what you'd like to hear more of. And, um, yeah. And then I also want to shout out, it is my friend Ashley's birthday, uh, today, the day that the, the podcast hits, um, comes out, it is her birthday. And I know that she's been listening and I, she's been a huge supporter of mine. And so happy birthday, Ashley. I hope that you have a great weekend and I hope that you all have an incredible week and, um, I can't wait to see or talk to you guys next week on the gist. Bye.